My recording. Dylan recording. And Ian is recording. All right. Maya, take us away. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 3 of the Fan Fiction Tapes, where your favorite producer starts to sound like the CIA. I'm your host today, Maya, pronouns she, her, and today I'm joined by... Dylan, the he-him guy. And Ian, the one who's getting this all on tape. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode topic is character design. Now, you might be asking yourself... Maya, what the hell do you mean? And when we're talking about character design, we're not necessarily talking about what you may draw, although that is often a component of it. We're also talking about the way you build the character, the way you write them, their uh, any kind of archetypes uh, or just overall types that they are, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think... When we talk about design, design is sort of, you know, it's not necessarily development. Development is like, okay, what made this character like this by the time, you know, that's more in-story stuff. Design is like figuring out how this character is, what they do, certain movements, what they use, how they think. That's mainly how I think when it comes to design. Uh, yeah, this is going to be an interesting episode for me uh, to talk about because I don't, like, consciously do character design. About the, the closest I get to... That, well, I can talk about that later, but I I don't really, like, intend to do a lot of this stuff. It just kind of happens. <laughs> just suddenly one day there's a character in front of you and you're like, huh. I mean, yeah, that's basically it. Given the, like, last characters that I developed for, like, a written story, uh... What I was gonna say was, like, almost a decade ago, which, for the most part, is true, aside from the fact that there is one piece of original fiction uh, that I started working on last year. Uh, but that's nowhere near complete and uh, needs more time in the crockpot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What are some character design things that we like? Some elements of a character's design that generally we like to call home, uh, stuff that we've seen a couple of things, that kind of stuff. I think it's about... It's basically when you're designing that you have an idea of how the character works. I think a lot of people, they just make someone... <laughs> And it's like, okay, things are going to happen to this character now, and character will respond accordingly as I need to for the plot to advance. I think it's better when you design the character and then you figure out, okay, well, what would be fun situations to put the character in? And that's like how I think a story should be built. It should make characters and then you put a, a narrative around them, especially if it's going to be long. Shorter ones you can, you know. When you have shallower characters, it, it it's fine for the plot to be like that. But if, but a lot more stuff these days, I do think is character driven, and it's about them making a story around these characters and how they respond. So I I particularly like when characters 
have the responses you'd think they would have, you know? Like, when they encounter a situation and you go, yep, that's exactly how this character would deal with it. I don't like it when, you know, they sort of happen upon it and then you're like, well, where the hell did this come from? Yeah. Or the character quirk is particularly annoying. <laughs> there was... This is the example I can think of, but there was a point in the Walking Dead spin-off Fear the Walking Dead that everyone just took this one character's, like, uh, his ethos, and it suddenly became everyone's, and that ethos sucked. <laughs> and I'm just like, you're all idiots. How are you not dead? <laughs> so when we're talking about character design in this case, we're talking about literary design so not so much like the visual appearance although that can fold into it a bit i guess but when you're reading what's really coming across is the character's personality right um that's what you're talking about when when you're saying that you know how the character is going to react if a character is well designed and well developed that comes through clear enough that you can do that and if you do a good enough job of that, the character kind of writes themselves, which mm -hmm. may or may not be a problem. I'm particularly thinking right now of uh, Rincewind from the Discworld series, uh, who ended up becoming more of a background character despite being the protagonist of the first, technically first two novels in the series and a few others. But the character developed in such a way that he basically became aware of the narrative and uh, Sir Terry could not put that guy in a situation because he would not be there. <laughs> he would be on the other side of the disc. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of what I was picking up as well, of like, kind of those characters where you write something and then you say to yourself, he would not say that, and then rewrite it. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing where the... And that's like as an author, um... I think where it's the the character starts to almost come off the page. Yeah, and we talk about when you know we have examples in media of characters acting out of character, and you're like, huh? <laughs> it's like from what I, I I saw what you were trying to do with this character, and this makes no sense. And sometimes it's even like it's a one moment. Like it's different if it's like a moment, and then the character just isn't the character they were. Like, that's just like, oh, the author changed how they saw this character going. Maybe it's some development. Maybe it's something we'll learn about further down the line. But it's... Yeah. Bad writing and, and would be... character moment can be justified, yeah. but... But yeah. it, it'd be weird if it's like, okay, here's like a line, suddenly there's this big bump in the middle, and then it's back on the line again. <laughs> like, well... Cough, what? season eight, Daenerys, cough... <laughs> yeah yeah no Daenerys is <coughs> miraculous like ladybug <clears throat> haven't seen much of that i've seen like a few episodes I, it's <laughs> it's a how, how tell me about this character Maya, and what do they do to you <laughs> uh, okay lesbian time um <laughs> that's all the time for you <laughs> <laughs> there's a character in miraculous ladybug who kind of does this and i'm I've been trying not to talk about physics this entire time and math. <laughs> like, I've been trying not to. 
Um, but where she starts to go on a bit of a, hey, other people are real and have feelings. This is a character who is a terrible person, and you're supposed to dislike. And at the start, yeah, I really dislike this character because she's a snobby bitch. And then she starts to develop a little bit as a character, becomes something of a protagonist. And then the writers realized that they were doing that, realized it didn't fit the story they wanted to tell, and changed it. And that change felt really abrupt, really sudden, and I hate it. Like, I understand why they made the decision, and I think for the story they're trying to tell, it makes sense, and it's the decision they had to make. I think there were better ways of going about it, yes. Do I think I could have written it better? Yes, because I'm egotistical. <laughs> so, to put it into, like, a frame of understanding that I don't know if you've seen it, but I haven't before. It, it, it's like if you have season one Zuko, and then in season two, he just becomes bad again because they didn't want that. <laughs> like, he just um, becomes more bad. I, I think a good analogy for it is... Again, we're talking about uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. If you haven't seen it, uh, pause the episode right now, go binge the show and come back. I promise you, despite the fact that Aang is a 12-year-old, the show is worth it. <laughs> Uh, it's really good. There is there is a standing disagreement of opinion on which Avatar series is better on this show. I believe that The Last Airbender is actually the superior series, but... Hmm. I, I, prefer, <laughs> I, I prefer Legend of Korra purely because Korra is not a 12-year-old. <laughs> like, that is the reason. I, I could agree that The Last Airbender, phenomenally written. However, Aang is a 12-year-old, and I hate it. Anywho, we're getting off topic. Yeah. Um, and I think this happens in season three of The Last Airbender, where Zuko almost um, becomes a protagonist early, and then, from what I understand, this was caused partly by Iroh's voice actor dying. They had to make a shift such that they could have Iroh not be present for a while while they got a voice actor that could mimic the original uh, voice actor's voice better. And this meant that Zuko kind of also had to do a turn because, you know, they're kind of a package deal. At least they were at the time. Yeah. And this was... It, it's it's palpable when you get there. Uh, if for some reason you're planning to watch it but haven't yet and still listening to the episode... Uh, You'll know what I'm talking about when you get there. It'll be really obvious, I think. And it's that kind of thing of there is a trajectory that you can kind of feel that they've been going on, and you can see that there might be going on, and there's a shift in that. That's something where you can feel that, yeah, the character's coming off the page, and then for whatever reason, uh, the author smacked them back into the page with a mallet. If you don't, like physically have to like the case of what we just gave an avatar and to some degree the case i talked about in miraculous ladybug i would recommend not hammering them back onto the page let let them run free i, uh, I do funny think, things happen i do think the zuko thing which happens at the end of season two going into season three. Oh, is it in season two i think it's right at the end that like that's the one way it's like zuko is about I'm... to turn and then he turns back and then he turns 
again. I mean, we're talking uh, about the same moment, the one in the cave yeah. with Azula. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's the end of season two, like finale. But what I think that is, is actually like, I don't want to make a wrestling reference, but I will. But it's like you lose the big match, but uh, that you were meant to win. But then you do it a little later down the line after going through some stuff, some more stuff and hardening yourself. You weren't ready the first time, but you're ready the second time. I think it's more that. And I think that it can be good writing, that. Yeah, that can be. I think a like a not because both both of actually uh what we've been talking about here are redemption arcs. And yeah. I think that a non-linear redemption arc is actually really cool and not done often enough because recovery and healing is non-linear. Uh fun fact, things ain't a straight line. Yeah, and it's about giving the audience a taste of what they could have. I think they do that really well with Zuko all the time throughout the show. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's I agree giving you a, t- a taste and being like, okay, more, <laughs> give. And it gets to the right point. You don't want to overplay it because that's also a thing, you know, is you sometimes you tease it too much. And at the end, you're just like, no, I'm not buying it this time. And it's diminishing returns. But, so you have to strike while it's hot. And I think that they did right. It, it's like w- one pure fake out. And even before that, Zuko is basically, you know, he, he starts being an at- antagonist in season two and then turns back into one for like a short while in season three. And it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> Very good, even. <laughs> we got really off track. <laughs> It's designing characters. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Talk, we can talk about other stuff. I've uh, been, you know, we, we kind of jumped the second thing in this craft. We went from character design things we like to things that are stupid. Uh, we'll talk to m- more about what we like. They sort of go hand in hand. You have to say yeah, what they, is they good yeah. and what is, what is it's, bad. It's very easy to do a compare and contrast thing when we're talking about things that we like versus things that don't work and and when we do talk about things we don't like it and ian you brought up game of thrones season eight so many characters suffer from <laughs> you would not do this four seasons ago and you haven't changed or or you have been reaffirming the opposite of this and you've devolved to like your character from four seasons ago why because it was no longer written by george rr R. martin yeah that, that, that is the point yeah <laughs> you know because I think George might have a lot of the same things happen. It'll just be way better <laughs> written. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it'll make sense. They took all the sense out. I, I would be in that. He's advocate. certainly been taking enough time to cook. <laughs> I, I, I have my own theories. I'll tell you guys Actually, later about that. Uh, uh, but Speaking of adaptations of book series that are really popular... I don't know about the really good for Game of Thrones because I still haven't read those books and don't really plan to. Uh, but Percy Jackson, I think, also does this. The TV show, not the movies. The movies can suck my toes. I've seen more of the movies than I have the TV show, but that's because the TV show just came out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I still haven't seen the third episode of the show. I've been meaning to for a while. I keep getting distracted by playing video games until three in the morning. <laughs> And then, you know, I'm too tired at three in the morning to watch a TV show. But it, there's a lot of character moments of, like, 
yeah, this character is kind of as well, I've talked about coming off the page, uh, particularly Mr. D and Annabeth are very well acted, very well written in the show. And it, it feels like, yeah, this is this is the way this character would react, even when it's doing something that that character didn't do in the book. For those of you who haven't seen it, if you don't want any details, uh, plug your ears or pause the episode and go watch. Mr. D, as everyone knows, is not allowed to have alcohol. Uh, he is banned as the god of wine. That's, you know, obviously a pretty significant punishment for him. And he doesn't really do a lot about it in the show, aside from, like, attempt to drink. But, or in the books, sorry. In this show, one of the first things he does when he meets Percy is attempts to manipulate him into thinking that Percy is his son and he should go get him some wine. And it's explained that if, you know, a mortal or, you know, a demigod were to fetch him some wine, he'd actually be able to drink it. Uh, he just can't get it himself. Which makes sense. Uh, the, the way it's explained makes sense. And... Under those conditions, I could absolutely see Mr. D doing that. He doesn't really care about any consequence on the campers that much. He cares a little bit, but, like, not that much. And he would absolutely try and manipulate a new kid into doing that. Anywho, it's, it's kind of a case of, yeah, that that's very in character for that character, even though it didn't happen in the original. So it's about that adaptation thing again. And it's so insane because, like, you do see in those early Game of Thrones seasons, you know, they understand these characters. Like, the original content they're making with characters who don't have point of views in the first book, you get it. What happened? <laughs> and, uh, you know, not to speculate, but I really think they stopped caring. <laughs> they were just like, eh. I mean, did, isn't that, like, public knowledge that they just wanted it over with so they could get to the star wars thing yeah so i would i would blame hbo for not you know just replacing them <laughs> like a bunch of shows survive changing showrunners you know well, i mean what you do is you make it worth their while to finish the damn thing or you swap them out yeah <laughs> and they didn't do either <laughs> no they just they just said his you know how many evermore episodes it's less than before and then they fought it out a terrible ending because <laughs> i mean i can't really like blame someone for you have a cool new project upcoming and then losing some of your interest in one of your existing projects that happens to me all the time mm. but uh when is your job yeah. There's kind of a certain amount of professionalism expected. Well, once again, we get we get a little bit off topic. Fine. <laughs> ADHD this. talking hour, folks. Uh, uh -huh. If you're here, I'm assuming you're here to hear us ramble. Or you're some random who just clicked on this episode, uh, in which case, hi, welcome to the show. We do this all the time. And speaking of the show itself... This show is called The Fan Fiction Tapes, and yet we don't do a lot of talking about fan fiction. So let's do some of that. And in particular, two fan fiction terms that are really important when it comes to character design. OC 
and SI. And if you've never read or written fanfiction, or if you've only done that a little bit, you might be wondering, Maya, what the fuck are you on about? <laughs> OC is shorthand for original character, whereas SI is shorthand for self-insert. And it's pretty common for this to be a derogative term. Uh, well, not necessarily derogative, but like this to be said kind of it's, with it's some a, malice. It's a stinky term. It, it is a term that a lot of people dislike. Yeah. Uh, and the reason for that is there are some especially notorious original characters and self-inserts that are poorly written and paint everything with a bad brush. But as we start this discussion, I just want to say, yeah, no, that's... Y- an original character does not have to be poorly written, and a self-insert is not automatically bad. Like, in some cases, yeah, they're unpleasant to read because maybe the writer is new to read, new to writing and doesn't really do that well. Or just, hell, it's not your cup of tea. It sure isn't mine. I don't actually read much with original characters just because I'm more interested in taking the the duders from the show and putting them in some situations. But what what I'll say is when it does come, you know, I think it depends on a lot. Like you have, and when we're talking about original characters, original characters is characters that the author, the fan fiction writer has created that are not in the original content. Hello, Badger. Thank you for making Dylan a thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, whereas self-inserts are sometimes that but self-inserts are also sometimes let's find the character who people identify with the most in like an audience or something so we come from the ruby community and notoriously the character jean is often used as a self-insert and By he's often a assumed to be a self-insert. Jean and Neptune get this treatment a lot. Because they are voiced by the they, They're voiced creators. by two of the show yeah. writers. Oh, it's funny? Because neither of them are, if you actually look at it, uh, at least not intended to be in the way that critique is usually given. Because usually, oh, they're so cool, they're so whatever, they're so cringe. Neither of these characters are cool, and that's intentional on the part of the writers. These dudes are kind of lame and failures. Yeah. And that's okay. That's Honestly, that's the neat part about these characters is they're a little lame. Yeah, but... See, the thing, the thing about Jean... So Jean is, is voiced by Miles Luna, um, and he is one of the deuteragonists of the show. The thing is... You can always tell when Miles is writing scenes for Jean because Jean is suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Miles hates Jean. Miles loves to torture Jean. <laughs> and then Neptune is like a side character of a side character. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he is literally a side character's side character. If it weren't for the existence of actual meme characters in the show, I would say that he's the joke character. And he still kind of is the joke character. He, he's one of the many joke characters. He's See, also not Cornovan. in it that much. <laughs> yeah, but he's also yeah, no, not he's in very... it that much. He yeah, is... no, he's there for like 
I don't know, maybe 20 minutes of runtime. He's in free. In total, across in all f- nine volumes. He's in full volumes, and in two of those volumes, he's in one scene. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. He, and he, we haven't seen him in a long time. Well, it, it, we saw him two volumes ago. He was in volume eight for a second. He was? I don't yeah, remember that. When the, the big message around the world was sent. Oh, and he's yeah, showing I kind of different, remember that now. Different character reactions. Yeah, okay, uh, look, it's been a minute. He's in 8, 6, 3, and 2. Uh, and I actually haven't watched 8 since it came out. I rewatched the first part of 8 because I was watching with one of my friends as I was bringing him up to speed, uh, but that happened before the second part of 8 came out, so I've only seen the second half of 8, like, once. <laughs> it's it's a, ru- a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, I'll... I'm showing another one of my friends this show, uh, so he too can suffer. Um, <laughs> That'll never end. <laughs> yeah, the problem is we'd like watch 45 minutes of it each time we try and sit down and watch it because so, we get distracted. So you watch like most of a season because they're not. We're that on long. volume five or volume six right now. Oh boy, uh, that house. <laughs> I think we're on volume six now. We're we're out of the house. Great. Uh, but yeah, when we're talking about self-inserts like Jean, you can find a lot of them, especially in something we covered before, is Isekai. And why Jean is given that sort of title so often is he has that, oh, he's just like me for real, for real. He knows nothing about the world and is very inept, but he's got a lot of potential just like me for real you know <laughs> and that's what jean is about as as our uh fellow crow's nest denizen and uh previous guest brian recently pointed out uh jean shares a lot of tropes with shonen protagonists mm. except that this isn't really a battle shonen show and he's not really the main character yeah. Yeah. I mean he 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 is at best the fourth most main character. And, and I, I, it, I, it fluctuates as well. It fluctuates. Like you look at volume 7 and he's like the 10th most important character. <laughs> yeah, it fluctuates cuz it's there is usually your top so the way Ruby works is it has like a main four uh of and they're the titular ghouls. Ghouls. Uh, girls. <laughs> uh, I saw some ghouls in Bald Scape uh, Free last night. I was having a hard time. <laughs> Ruby Rose, Wai Schnee, Blake Belladonna, Yang Long. Their names combined to form the title. Ha ha, very neat. And then you also have Jean, Nora, and Rin sitting behind them, kind of cycling behind them. And there's other characters as well who are sometimes more important and interesting. Did the train of thought go off the rails there? The train of thought went off the rails. <laughs> I thought my Wi-Fi dropped. <laughs> I'm not even on Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, no, you, you would hear swearing from across the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if we do want to talk about, uh, you know, they do have these rotations of characters, but then some characters are more important in certain seasons than others, you know. Like, in Volume 7 and 8, suddenly Winter, Penny, and Ironwood are, like, arguably... 
more important than Blake and Yang. Crow as well is decently important and gets some character development. Villains come in and out depending on the season sometimes. You know, Cinder does not much in Volume 4, and Tyrion is, like, the main focus. But, you know, it fluctuates, and it kind of keeps things fresh, but also, God, you have a lot of characters. (laughs) And it does feel make you feel wanting sometimes, like, I've known this character the longest. Stop introducing new ones. I want you to work with this one for a while. And, you know, maybe show me some more of that design. (laughs) So... When it does come to, like, original characters and self-inserts in fan fiction, how do you feel that writers... Do you think they do a good job? Because sometimes, you know, those characters can often fall into the realm of, oh, I'm a super giga-chad. I get all the women and everyone admires me. And only the bad people don't. (laughs) So I don't really read much with original characters. I, I have a couple of times when the rest of the premise is interesting enough where I'll go, yeah, you know what, I want to look at that. Because what draws me to fanfic for the v- vast majority of it is not the setting that it happens in. Sometimes the setting can be neat. No, I want to put those characters in situations. I want to put them in new boxes. I want to put them in the same boxes over and over and over again. I want to see what happens. You want to... There was only one bed, them. <laughs> I Yes, that is a trip I am notorious for enjoying. <laughs> so I haven't read much, and most of what I have read, at least along the lines of self-insert stuff, um, was when I was first reading fan fiction and didn't know there was better stuff out there. Ahem, <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> well, I will say that they are, you know, b- series Wrong website <laughs> using bitch. <laughs> I will say they are series that I have read, you know, official published stuff, not fan fiction, that have characters who are like self instance or the author have said, you know, I take a lot of things from me and I'm like, wow, you must hate yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean well, I mean, hell, I do the same thing. Uh a lot of my D D characters are partial self-inserts i take some element of my own personality and go okay this is the base of the character and this is all i know about them let's see what happens but the thing is i don't just run a cardboard outline of myself and plop it down i go okay you know what i'm a bit of a nerd and a bit of an asshole let's see what happens when i just take that and put that in this character so the thing we talk about with design though is like when you design and you do take elements of yourself you still w- don't want to make them a blank slate that's just a human that, you know, a reader can immediately identify on. You want to take elements of yourself that you know. You want to still make the character unique. You don't want to end up making, you know, brown-haired, bearded, middle-aged white guy <laughs> who's the protagonist of every video game in the 2010s. <laughs> <laughs> I love the pictures like that. It's like, oh yeah, look at every video game main character. But when we do deal with that, you know, you do deal with original characters. Original characters are a bit different because they're not always, you know, the author. Most of the time, it's just... What I would use original characters for is there's a gap here that probably needs to be filled. And that's what in whatever. Whether you're doing 
more of a rewrite fan fiction. If you're doing an AU, you like none of the characters within the story really fit, or I've run out of characters to use, I need to make an original for this role. And that's what you typically will come to, you know, is I need an original character here. But self-inserts, you know, sometimes self-inserts aren't even the main character. Sometimes self-inserts are side characters, you know. I actually do remember one story that I started writing when I was younger, where I, one character was literally explicitly self-insert, um, because it was... The, the story was... And this is kind of how I got started with writing, was writing uh, fictional adventures about that of myself and my classmates. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to tell a story from the perspective of someone who is, in the, like, nature of the story, the side character, right? Someone... They're not the protagonist. They're not, you know, the superhero out there saving the day. But there's someone who is involved with that world. And that's when my decided to make self-inserts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's yeah. what I did. <laughs> I honestly still kind of want to see if I could find that and revisit it. Because, you know what, I think it was kind of a neat concept and I want to play with it more. But, like, I have no idea where those original uh, scraps are even anymore. Mm. Uh, so that's probably never going to happen, unfortunately. Along the same lines, a lot of authors will have self-inserts. It's just likely not the main character. But you will find a character who, you know, they identify as more. And sometimes, you know, self-inserts can be done really well. Oh, shit, I forgot I did do a self-insert character explicitly. Oh. In fanfic once. Um, as a gag. <laughs> So we've had Badger on the show a couple of times, and I wrote basically fanfic of his most popular fanfic just because I kind of had a funny crack idea and wanted to run with it. And part of the format of that necessitated uh, commentators, so I put myself and the friend who I worked the idea over with in as those commentators just to provide some bodies there because names are hard. Do you guys know of any, like... Self-inserts that you think are good or bad in media? One of them cool, Ron. <laughs> I and honestly, mostly just because the way he does self-insert, John is not really interesting. It's it's bland. Uh, that's my issue with it. I mean, if you if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Uh, and honestly, that's the most important part. But for me. I just find it kind of bland. Is it because he's takes a lot of like how how are you how do you feel as Jean as a character in canon? I think Jean is actually a kind of neat character. I wish they had kept him old though. I think that actually <laughs> could have been really neat. Yeah. Um. And does the writer Corel on? Does he capture Jean at all, or does he just make no. Jean more generic? He, he or makes a different character? um he makes Wonder Bread white boy with blonde hair number three hundred and fifty five, and then applies to him a job and a girl to chase, <laughs> and I he he hasn't I think watched the show since like volume three, so 
something like set he hasn't watched the show for like seven years and he's still writing fanfic for it and i mean if it gets some bread it gets some bread but i and don't like so he he's doing like the <laughs> not not the slander but it's i'll i'll make you know fan fiction in the way that you know those books those romance novels that come out that's like I'm an ordinary girl, and this, and it's the same author, like, 300 times doing, like, the same premise <laughs> kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of Hallmarky, <laughs> Hallmark movie. <laughs> yes, that is actually exactly the problem with it. I have beef with Hallmark. <laughs> fight me, ho fisticuffs. I will fist fight a company. <laughs> and win by default, because a company can't fist fight. Did you guys mm. watch the two most recent four movies? Uh, no. Ian? Um, which are the two most recent? Uh, Love and Thunder and Ragnarok. Okay, then no, I've seen one of them. I've seen Ragnarok, I think. I, I have seen Ragnarok. So, you know the I'm big... I'm sure I've seen Love and Thunder. You know the big rock guy, Korg? Korg, Yeah. Yes. I like Korg. So, it, he is voiced by the director, Taika Waititi. Oh, God, does he get unbearable in Love and Thunder. <laughs> Love and Thunder, not a great movie. Korg, probably one of the reasons. Self-insert, jokes, badly written. It, it, I don't know if it's self-insert, but it's like, this character is given far too prominent of a role, it's probably just because the director voices him. That's unfortunate. I liked Korg in Ragnarok. He was kind of funny, and he was just a little duder. Yeah. It's kind of a problem when he's suddenly, like, you know, probably, like, in the top eight most important characters in that movie. I mean, that's fine. But he's also around a lot. And he's mostly there just saying jokes that aren't funny. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, we've been going for a hot minute, and we've been on this topic for also a hot minute. Well, it's good. So we want to talk about how we design stuff now? How yeah, do how design? do we design new characters? Well, you know, my Does angle... anyone want to go first? <laughs> or do you so, want me to I mean, I've it? never written a fanfic. Um, you play The D &D, only though. characters I've designed are for D&D. <laughs> Um, and, um, I gotta say, those are pretty much exclusively self-inserts. <laughs> so, you want to talk to someone who yeah, is a failure of a writer because they do too much developing. Hello. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm too much of a developer. I am trying to write one thing. It's got, like, I think I'm up to, uh, 6,000? No, I was on, like, 3,000 words. Uh, it's going well. So... The way I do it is sort of history, personality, and designing the characters thinking, okay, what has made them like this? And uh, as Maya can attest, my D&D &D character that she has seen, definitely not a self-insert. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. <laughs> there are aspects taken from me, but he is definitely not me. <laughs> he 
He's a lot less likable than you, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. A lot of my characters in D&D are, as I mentioned, partial self-inserts. I struggle with character design. I Part of the reason I write fanfic is I don't really want to like have to come up with new duders. I want to play with the ones already rotating in my mind. I mean, this comes from me playing with Legos a lot as a child. I like the existing characters. I don't want to make new ones. What, what happens with me, Maya, is... I spend more time thinking about the ones that I make than I do, you know, <laughs> the ones I watch. That's what happens with me. It's like, what what will happen is I'll see that character, I'll watch it, and I'll go, oh, I can make something like that, except it's totally different and not at all like that. But I like this one thing they did, and I'm stealing it. <laughs> Making an entire character around that. <laughs> That that's sort of how my brain works. I'm like, okay, that aspect I like it. I'm gonna make an entirely different character, but I'll keep that one thing. <laughs> I honestly, I have to listen to a lot of music when I'm making new characters, because I gotta like pick up a vibe from somewhere. There's gotta be like, and I, I have music on nearly constantly. I'm certain Spotify is like mildly concerned for how quickly I'm going to develop tinnitus with how much I listen to music. I had tinnitus once. Well, okay. I actually already have tinnitus to some degree. I just... It well, will eventually get worse. This is I, a problem. No, I I had it really bad. Like, it was... It was it, I think it was like a side effect from COVID as well. Oh. And it, it, it went away, luckily. But it lasted like a good eight months where it was just... In my ear, I would just hear like... It's like water running the entire time. It's kind of like that. Yeah. You can stop now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I, um... but, but it just went away. And like my hearing in that ear isn't like any worse. My hearing is still quite I good. Mean, it was just suddenly I, I had tinnitus. But I also, I don't listen to things on full blast anymore. I listen to like most things on like 60 to 80%. Oh, I, I listen on like uh 30%. Because I already have tinnitus and I don't want to make it worse. Mm. And I'm not at the stage where it's, you know, constant. I just, every once in a while, there'll be funny ringing noise in the ear. Oh, I get that every once in a while. It's like suddenly yeah, my, my ear same. goes blank and I'm like, uh. And then it comes back after like 20 seconds. Now, that's not really tinnitus. What? I just think that's like a, a brain thing. <laughs> No, that's technically tinnitus. Uh, if, if, you, yeah. if you just randomly hear high-pitched ringing in your ear it's, at, at random times, that's tinnitus. Nobody really knows what causes it. Um, it just I get that occasionally. And, and in leaves. my case, <laughs> in my case, it does respond to this one weird trick. Your mileage may vary on this, but if you cover your ears tightly with your hands and then flick your fingers against the back of your skull, that makes oh. it go away for me. Huh. I mean, I'm going to have to try that because, like, it's fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. I, I get, like, probably once every three months. <laughs> uh, I think I get it more often than that, but I, yeah. I don't really track it, and time is an illusion. So. Our pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when it comes to designing characters, it's like, I came up with this character idea. It's actually for our next D&D campaign, Maya, that, uh, is happening soon. 
amazing. And it was like, I went, oh, I'm going to make a runaway party girl. And it's evolved from there. And now it's like, she looks like a runaway party girl, but she's partying away the pain. <laughs> yeah, my, so, my character for that, I've taken a little bit from some characters I really like in media uh, and listened to a lot of music. <laughs> Primarily but, covers of Big Iron. But it is when you go, you say, okay, what do, what do I want this character to do? Okay, this character will act like that. Okay, why? Why? You ask why a lot. You know, you don't have to justify everything, but it's better if for, like, major things that you do give a reason because it's more interesting that way. And we all like a bit of, you know, a bit of interesting to go, ah. Everyone likes that moment when either you realize it or someone else tells you it and you go, oh. It's fun. I'm looking forward to learning about... uh my character for uh, Zenaid campaign too. <laughs> and I would like to talk more about him, but I can't yet. And Dylan, you know why? Oh boy, <laughs> I I am concerned. You may get to know eventually, Maya. Yeah. I I think that's when I'm gonna uh, play a color wheel paladin because I'm not doing that in Jaxie's game. No, I, I heard you're, uh, I you're am gonna planning shoot to run, people. <laughs> I am planning to run the uh, uh, that Ravnica one shot, and I am planning to run that with um, color wheel alignment instead of normal alignment. Yes, but there's, you see, I have a couple of ideas of ones that would be fun. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, yes. I think I think the one I have earmarked for that is red blue. Okay. So, we'll, we'll be talking about this more actually next yes. episode. This is uh, a so preview. This, is, this, is, this is the big difference between designing characters for D and D and designing characters for your for your fiction is that you only get one character at a time in D and D unless you're the dungeon master. Hi. <laughs> at which point you get many blurbos. <laughs> Versus when you're writing fiction. I mean, D and D is basically just fiction for a dungeon master. It's cooperative fiction. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. That's 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 what it is on my resume. I actually have uh, all the team. <laughs> I have all references to, or not even references to, but like I put that I play D and D on my CV and on my resume. I mean, I you know I change it up, but I do put it on there. I talk about it as you know it's exercise in collaborative narrative development or something like that because that's what it is. Yeah. So, pro tip: if you play D anD D and you're looking to spice up your resume, put it on. Toss there. that in there. Experience in time management for gr for group projects. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll tell you I I've be, I've got two jobs off of that. <laughs> <laughs> Dungeon mastering got me two jobs. <laughs> it has been more useful for this and running this podcast and. Doing that has been more useful for teaching me things about scheduling and organizing groups of people than, well, <laughs> more than earning Eagle Scout did. Impressive. Uh, which earning Eagle Scout is supposed to teach you that. Slight problem was everyone who really was pretty involved with that was my friend, and also my life was a little bit more coherent. So while we're here, you know, just talking about, you know, we ask about whatever how, how we design characters and stuff. 
as the person who has made a lot of characters that you guys have seen, do you have some favorite uh, characters from Dylan? Characters, NPCs, if you will? People you went, that, that guy was entertaining. I enjoyed that very much. Well, I really enjoyed hating the lore master. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we are describing a guy who, through various means, uh, got went from being second in command to first command after a, a revered leader who was very good at their job had basically ran the city for so long, legendary figure, uh, you know, had to leave. He he came in charge and was like, yeah, We're going to make things worse. I, I'm kind of not into this half-elf thing. I'm an elf. Kind of not into this half-elf thing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we beat him to death. No, he escaped. <laughs> Shush. We I reject we your reality and substitute my own. <laughs> We attempted to beat him to death. He escaped. But you guys did if find out If he ever shows lot. up again, we'll finish the job. It was funny because he was also a hypocrite because he had a half-elf daughter that he disowned. <laughs> you see, the reappearance of that character is why my character has a gun. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ian? Any, anyone you've looked at and gone, this is, this is peak Dylan writing right here, this character. <laughs> Dylan cooked with this one. I mean, I also liked hating on the Lawmaster. That one did feel a little more personal for my character, being a half-elf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Tyus. Oh, yeah. Tyus is great. Tyus is a <laughs> goblin merchant who's very eccentric. <laughs> He's yes. just a little dude. <laughs> He's just a little dude who shows up wearing a carpet as a cloak and selling us explosives. <laughs> you can see why Ian and I like this character. He he just shows up and is like, "Hello, travelers!" <laughs> and immediately everyone is like, "Okay, what have you got first, you son of a bitch? <laughs> you son of a bitch! I'm in. <laughs> Take my buddy." <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm happy to sell." <laughs> but yeah, he's great, and he shows up at exactly the right moments. He showed up probably at like eight times in the entire campaign. But every time they love it. <laughs> uh, I think the first time I met that character, I said, you know what? You rock. Have a glowing rock. <laughs> and that was the only time I used that ability, like, all campaign in, like, session two. Yeah, you you saved him uh, from, like, some bully, like, barbarian dudes who were part of the uh, Vulture King, who was an antagonist, his, like, army. <laughs> it's dangerous to go alone. Take a glowing rock. Yeah, and then I think you guys gave him some donkeys too, and then he became. We did. And then he became like this explosive merchant. <laughs> Tips for designing new characters, uh, so we can finish this out uh, and get a little bit back on track. Um, Tips is, you know, I think. It depends on what you want. If you find it easy to make characters, then obviously this is not for you. But for tips, maybe try and make up a thing, like how you design, like maybe go name, age, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes that's what I do to help if I'm feeling a bit stuck or just putting down, like, you know, ideas I've had in my head, putting it on paper and saying, yes, this is the correct information. This is the canon is what I'm going with. 
it's sometimes putting that down, but you can change it, you know, whatever suits your needs. That's what I do for creating characters is like figuring out, putting things, putting stuff there and saying, this is it. This is how they do. This is them. I would, uh, this is what I do when I have to make new characters because I also DM, and this is mostly for that, like creating NPCs is, all right, you've got an NPC, uh, give them something like cool or neat that you can describe and talk about. Like, I made one character that had a really, sh like, a coat that was, like, lined with shiny things on the inside. You couldn't see it on the outside, but if you saw them, like, reaching around, because this, this character was a pickpocket that would, like, steal jewelry and stuff, and they lined the inside of their coat with stolen jewelry. And that was, like, just a detail that captivated uh, my players. Or I'll give someone, like, a distinctive piece of armor, and that kind of can get you started on, well, okay, they have this, why do they do this? Why why does this character line the inside of their cloak with stolen stuff? Why does this character wear a horned helmet when in this world that's usually associated with bad, unpleasant things? Why does <laughs> very small goblin wear carpet as a cape? <laughs> yeah, well, once you create some questions for yourself around some specific detail, you can start to get more of a character, because... I mean, really, some of the most enjoyed... I don't know if I would necessarily want to say the best, but some of the characters that really hit are characters that you can ask questions about and find answers to. Uh, they're not just this, um... Hello, I am plot delivery vehicle. There's more to them. It's like... I'll just, like, post in, like, a visual sense for us here. Uh, I'll post some like character art I've had made and it's like uh, you know we talked like art isn't always important but it's like me it's like I wrote down how these people are designed so and you know Maya can then have a look and say, yeah like if you look at these characters this one like if you look on the hands in the first picture of my future D&D character has weird tattoos why do you have those <laughs> Yeah, kind of creating some detail, and it could be a visual aspect like we've talked about, or it could be, uh, you know, this character uh, really doesn't like electricians. Well, okay, why? You know, what caused this? Why? How does this affect their behavior, you know, in society? How does it, do they, like, shy away from, like, exposed switches? Do they, right? Once you can start asking and answering questions about the character, that for me is what's most useful of, you know, all right. Well, I mean, it's, you put them in a situation and you figure out what happens, right? Why is this character such a dick? <laughs> Why is this character a dick to this very specific person? What motivates that? Mm. Um, and then you, then you really do get, I think, a more compelling character. Ian, any uh, thing you want to chip in? I just want to say, don't don't be too afraid of being accused of writing a self-insert. Because if you want to get philosophical about it, every character you write is, is a self-insert to some degree. All of their actions and personality traits have been crafted in your head and are being put onto the page. Even if you're writing fic of an existing character, it's your interpretation. So all of your characters have a little bit of yourself in them. 
And you can also write self-inserts very well. And you can write them to have multiple yes. girlfriends very well. And you can write them to win in the end and overcome any odds very well. You can do that. It's just the reason why those tropes have negative connotations is because they're often not written very well. I would even go so far as to say, don't even don't even be too concerned about writing it well. Just write. If it's enjoyable to write, write it. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't be afraid to have fun. I throw everything else out the window. Have fun. That's that's the only thing that matters. Have fun. Everything else comes after that. But also, don't make Hallmark movies. Yeah, don't make Hallmark movies. If you do that, uh, I'm going to come for your knees. I have a collection. <laughs> I lost mine a long time ago. Okay. I think we've hit our word count for today. Just about. Uh, do we have anything in the mailbag today? Uh, sad face, no. Sad face. So, if you're listening to this and you want to tell us about your awesome OC Do Not Steal, you can send us an email. Our address is fanfictapes at gmail.com. You can also uh, leave a comment on our YouTube page or a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Spotify does not yet have the ability to leave us reviews, but we still appreciate any um, uh, five stars that you leave us there. You can also reach out to us on social media. Maya, you run our Twitter presence. I do. Uh, we are at Fanfiction Tapes, which is fanfiction is one word, capital F, capital T. I post about episodes on there, uh, usually, sometimes, and I also shitpost. Uh, you'll get a little bit more about what the recording process was like, usually, talk a little bit about it, and then post a link to the Spotify, because I like the Spotify in bed. Well, folks, we don't have any guests, so I don't have anyone to uh, bother to post their social media. However, I am and have been Maya, and I was joined by... I am and always will be Dylan. And I am Ian. Until next time, bye! Bye!